Welcome back to The Deal with Danny Brown, where every week I break down the habits, mindset, work ethic of the most successful agents in the country. This week's guest, Bono Ansley, the top agent in the South out of Atlanta, also works in the 30A uh, up there near where Jonathan Spears and other guys work. But he's done over $400 million this year in production. He's got a team of about nine, and he also runs his own brokerage with 300 agents who have done about three, $3 billion this year. So we're going to get into Atlanta, what's going on in the South in those markets, the growth, and uh, get into some fun stuff. School is in session. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Leave us a comment either at Apple Podcasts or on YouTube. Talk to you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Deal with Danny Brown, where each week I break down the success and habits of the most successful real estate agents in the world. Today, we got Bono Ansley, the top agent in the southern United States out of Atlanta, although today you're on spring break in Boca. How you doing, man? Welcome. I'm doing great, Danny. Good to be on your show. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm thrilled to have you. You're the uh, the, the most successful agent in the South. Poor Jonathan Spears is uh, hanging in second right behind you. Good buddy of ours. But hey, you've got you've got a big business. You're out of Atlanta. What a time to be in Atlanta. You're a Georgia Bulldog alumni. You win the national championship with this walk-on Stetson who shocks the world. And the Braves win the World Series all at once. What the heck is going on in Atlanta? What's in the water? It's good to be in Atlanta. You know, you know, also we've got great growth. Companies moving, moving there, you know, Porsche. Uh, Mercedes. We've got Home Depot. Uh, it's just a great time to be in Atlanta, uh, a Braves fan and a dog fan. Yeah, I mean, I was as a football fan and an SEC, SEC fan. Um, I'm a I'm a Trojan, an SC Trojan. So JT Daniels was supposed to be the next Heisman winner at SC. Then he goes to Georgia. I'm like, oh great, now he's going to be win the Heisman at Georgia. And here he is, gets beat out by the walk-on. That's an amazing story, but yeah. I'm happy for you guys. You guys, uh, Kirby Smith, what a program. Uh, that Obviously, the, that SEC conference, that is a tough conference, and you guys have been at the top of it for years. But the Atlanta Braves also broke my heart. They took Jock Peterson. Well, they, I guess they got him from Chicago, but Jock Peterson's a Dodger. Man, we love Jock Peterson. And I'm hoping we get Freddie Freeman before this lock when the lockout ends. Because if we get Freddie Friedman, it's all over. That's the most devastating hitter in baseball. The Dodgers got yeah. Freddie. Forget it. It's over. Uh, anyway, give me a little breakdown of uh, Atlanta real estate. I know there's been a ton of growth, as you've said. Uh, a lot of corporations moving there. But you grew up there. Well, give me a sort of breakdown of the last decade or so as the market has grown and appreciated. What is it, what is it looking like right now? What are some of the high key sales? Kind of speak to that a little bit. Sure. Um, over the last decade, I'll start with kind of 2009 when we when I got in the business, which was the bottom of the business. Yes. Good time to start starting real estate. Um, you know, we've always been a value, right, uh, relative to other sophisticated southern cities. Um, you know, Atlanta, you could you could get a lot for your money. I really think still that's the case, but our 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 you know price per square foot has. Uh, increased dramatically. We don't measure houses on square foot, by the way, but um, you know we've had more bigger houses sell over five million dollars than we've ever had um, over the last two years. Um, 
And I, I attribute that a lot to people moving into town from Chicago, New York, California, Texas, you know, getting out of their state because they can work anywhere. And um, Atlanta's got four great seasons. Uh, cost of living is uh, really, really good. And it's just a great place to live. So we've benefited a lot over the last couple of years. Yeah. So walk me through. So we have some context, a $5 million home in a good neighborhood, uh, Atlanta, Buckhead, or, you know, you tell me, what does that look like? How big is that house and how much land? Because obviously land in LA is so hard to come by. And I know you get a lot of land uh, in the South and, and in the Atlanta area, but I'd love to hear specifics of what's a typical, if there's a house that you can think of that you just sold or just listed or. Sure. Sure. We just built a new house um, off of Randall Mill Way. It sold for about 4.6 million. Okay. Uh, it was about nine to 10,000 square feet with a finished basement, including the finished basement. Okay. Uh, had a walkout pool, uh, great outdoor room. Um, off the kitchen, family room, some steel windows in the back, painted white brick, three-car garage with a porta to share. Um, and uh, look, we had multiple offers on that house. So, uh, you know, that's what you get for four, six, five million bucks. In what's that land like? Just so I know, what's the yard like in the land? Yeah, it's, 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 it's an acre. An acre. Right, right on an acre. Wow. So there you go. 10,000 foot home on a 42 plus lot. Done, done, done for 4.6. That's really a good value. Now, you said compared to other cities in the South, what are some of the more higher-end cities that would be in the South that you're talking about? Are we talking about sort of the Charlestons or, you know, no, I think I, miss, I, I think I misspoke. I mean, I, I would say other sophisticated cities, you know, in the United States, you know, when, when you're, you know, thinking about, you know, uh, San Francisco, Got New it. York, okay. Chicago, uh you know, even, even, you know, Dallas, you know, um, yeah. you know, we, we, we're, we're really, really good value compared to that. Got it. All right. Good to know. All right. So why don't we pivot and get back into uh, your, your background. So you grew up in Atlanta. Were you raised in Atlanta? Tell me a little bit about where you grew up, where you went to school, were your parents in real estate or business? Kind of walk us up through your childhood, through all the way to being okay. a Georgia Bulldog national champion. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, grew up in Atlanta. My, my family's been in Atlanta for a long time. I'm probably a sixth generation Atlantan. Uh, they've been in their, they've been in their real estate, uh, you know, market as developers or bankers or home builders, you know, in Atlanta for a long time. My dad was a home builder. Um, and he sold his business when I was, uh, uh, in college. So, uh, when I got out of University of Georgia, uh, where I majored in real estate, uh, I met my wife when we were 18 years old. Um, uh, I, I was always going to be in real estate, you know, just kind of do what my family did. And um, I started uh, selling resort property on the coast of Georgia, did that for a couple of years. And I, I, I saw that the builder, the home builder was making a lot of money. So I ended up partnering with the, with the home builder and built a bunch of houses down there on the coast of Georgia and South Carolina. And I started to broker some commercial deals. And uh, then I came back to Atlanta and um, started to uh, develop and uh, was part of a really neat development on Peachtree Road in Atlanta, where we did uh, 23 townhomes. Uh, the market didn't hit us really well because we deliver those in 
the end of 2008. Um, And so I transitioned from kind of a developer into being a real estate agent. So my first year in in the real estate uh, to selling residential real estate in Atlanta was uh, 2009. Um, And at that time, I had uh, two young kids and um, just started selling real estate. And I knew uh, right when I started that um, I was going to try to do it a little bit differently. And uh, my my first year in the business, I was the number one agent in Atlanta. First year? Didn't sell sell a whole bunch of property because it was 2009, but I I did enough to to be the number one individual agent at our board. And um, and then from there on, I just kind of continued to do that and continue to double my business most every year. Um, when I, uh, got to a point about six or seven years ago where my business, uh, continued to, to, to be the same as it was the year before, um, I decided to start my own business. Um, so I started Ansley real estate and, uh, so I've been kind of running a parallel pack with my business of, of, of selling real estate and my team about nine people. And, uh, and growing my firm, um, where we've got eight or nine offices now, we did uh, over $3 billion of sales in 2021 with about 315, 320 agents. Okay. And um, we're having a great time. Yeah, so that's interesting. We'll get into that. But you have your, indi- your individual business and your team. You said it was about 10 people or nine people on your team? Yeah, that's right. And you're doing 400 plus million as a team which is just off the charts of, you know, it's inspiring. But then you also are the CEO running your own broker brokerage, basically. You got 300 plus agents under you. Uh, do you have a sales manager handling that oh. or a few? Oh, yeah. We, I hope we, so. We, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we've got 25, 30 people, okay. staff, uh, multiple managing brokers, the best in the business. We've got a marketing department, you know, that, that operates – you know, as a separate kind of marketing company for the team and, yeah. um, you know, 10 graphic designers and, God, you know, we've got our operation, own, a huge operation, full, yeah, a huge operation. Yeah. yeah. And you also do sales, not just in Atlanta, you're doing a 30A, the luxury. Yeah. It sounds like those yeah. are the sort of secondary vacation markets for Atlanta. I do some, se- I do some secondary uh, business uh, around St. Simon, Seattle, and also um, around 30A. And uh, I do that because my clients go there and um, we want to be able to represent our clients where they go and grow with them. And um, and that's been a really, really good thing for us. And it's fun. You know, you do the same thing every day. You know, you want to mix it up, uh, mix it up a little bit. So that's been a, a, a really great thing for us to do. Yeah, that's similar when our clients want to go to Montecito or they want to go to Newport. It, you know, it's close and there, there's a lot of there's a lot of. Uh, know, continuity with staying involved and learning new markets. Um, a couple things I want to unpack. You said six generations, your great, great, great grandfather or grandmother. So what year are we talking about that they were in Atlanta? Is this 1800s before? This the yeah, Pilgrims? probably. What's probably, going on? <laughs> probably that. I mean, you know, it, it, we, uh, my uh, family did uh, Ansley Park uh, back in 1904. And, you know, the, you got a country club there and uh you know so so yeah we've been around for for a while in atlanta for sure and what was the industry at the turn of the century in atlanta in that area what was the was it farming i I have no idea yeah i mean it was uh 
I mean, I, I think that Atlanta was um, a, a thriving, thriving city, uh, capital of Georgia, you know, and yeah. they were doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So you met your wife in college, college sweetheart doesn't happen very often these days. So that's amazing to see that. So the Georgia's Georgia's been good to you uh, on many levels. So talk to me now about some challenges you may have had when you built your business. First of all, 2008, 2009, it was a tough time to sell a house to anybody anywhere. Uh, if you're starting a business, you have the pressure of a young family. It sounds like you had young kids. Sounds like a total pressure cooker. Uh, can you talk to me about some of the tough times and challenges that you faced building your business? Oh, I could talk all day about that. I mean, I, I challenges every single day. The number one thing that I've learned is I can't do everything and I shouldn't do everything because um, I'm not the right person for everything. Uh, I'm probably good at 10% of the stuff that uh, I do on my team side. And I'm probably only good with 10% of the stuff we do as a company. And I try to uh, stay in, in, in that realm of what I'm good at every single day and hire really, really good people. When I'm selling real estate, I've got you know somebody that handles the listing side, somebody that handles the closing side, somebody that helps me show property, right? And, and all these people, um, you know, are, uh, are, are the right person for that position. Um, you know, we do psychological testing and all kinds of things to make sure that the team is operating at an optimal level and that people are put in the position to succeed within that specific area. Right. So, you know, I'm, I don't work much on the weekends. I'm, I'm home usually by five or six o'clock in the afternoon. And, um, and, and, and we do a lot of business, uh, you know, and we do a, a lot of things, you know, during the day relative at the, at the company. Right. But I'm a good you know, student of pe people, and I've been able to put the right people in place in the company, right? So we're, you know, um, from a marketing standpoint, from a uh, motivation standpoint, from, you know, all that sort of stuff. That's how we're able to run so efficiently. Yeah. So what I'm hearing, and obviously there's a lot of avenues to go here, but you've learned to delegate and you've learned to delegate to people that you've, you've, locked in on that people that are the right type of personality and the right type of skill set for a specific thing because what we do as realtors as people that are in the business know is we wear so many hats and if you're trying to wear them all it's it's impossible and i know a lot of agents ah. for many years do wear them all uh and there's moments where i wear them all and it collapses but you've seemed to figure that out put the right people in place to delegate you stay in your lane with what you're best at and you try to bring in people uh, who are good at other things and, and trust and let them, let them run with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm smart enough to know how dumb I am. Right. And, and good, I, like that. Uh, I think that's really, really important because uh, <laughs> you know, I don't do stuff where I'm going to fail. Right. What's, what's the reason to, to do that. Right. So um, I learned that early on because I've got so many weaknesses. Yeah. So what's interesting is you're saying you get home at five, six o'clock at normal time and you have weekends. You have some what sounds like work life balance, yet you got four hundred million dollars of your team and three billion dollars on your on, on the brokerage side that you're overseeing. That's a lot of moving parts, a lot of conflicts, a lot of issues inevitably, even when things are going well. So how do you balance that? How delegation? Uh, discipline? Are you up at four in the morning? 
explain to us how you get this all done in a day. Well, uh, every day is a challenge, um, but you, 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 you can't sweat the, the little things. You can't get upset about things. Um, when bad things happen, you got to move on and not, you know, think about it too much and uh, just keep pushing forward. I know those are all cliches, but I mean, it's, um, you know, you, you, you got to really trust the people that you're, that you delegate to, right? And, and, and don't give them a bunch of tasks to do, but more, more importantly, give them responsibilities, you know, where they can go and get things done and you can check on them at the end of the quarter, right? And not have to check in on them daily, right? And that's a hard thing for agents to do. I mean, you know, we've got agents that will critique every single brochure that goes out of the office. Oh, I want this sentence to go here or there. I want to change these pictures around. That's small stuff, right? If you're going to stay in, 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 in that realm, there's, there's, there's so much you're going to be able to do in a day, right? But if you let the marketing department, this is just an example, do what they do and get the brochures out or the postcards out or social media posts out, whatever the case may be, I don't look at that stuff. There's going to be mistakes. Nobody's going to process those mistakes and go, look, oh my God, Bono spelled that thing wrong on the social media post on Tuesday. What an idiot. I'm not going to hire him. You know, but the people that the agents that really go to that detail are the ones that are going to miss out on growth, in my opinion. I think that's that's a fantastic point and really hard to learn because so many agents have this role and want to control everything and want to be hyper focused on these details. And I can't tell you how many agents that I've worked with or worked around that, like you said, oh, I, I can't put out this direct mail piece. I want to design it right. Now the logo's not right. Now I want to flip the this and the tech. It's like, guys, you're hyper-focused on something that has little to no impact. And you're now distracting yourself from prospecting, strategic thinking, resting, networking, the things that have big impacts you're, you're distracted right. from and you're hyper-focused on something. So that's a really interesting point to, to make. And I, I think that's such a an important thing for any broker that's trying to grow their business is to really think about big picture growth or whatever the big picture is for you. If it's not growth, whatever, if it's free time, then spend your free time playing tennis and golf and not hyper-focus on redoing the same flyer over and over. That's. Can you tell me like, what's a typical day look like? When do you get up? What do you do in the morning? What's your first hour or two of the day look like? Cause I find that, uh, very interesting people would have so much to do and so successful. I love to hear like how they start their day. I usually roll out of bed, uh, probably six 30 in the morning and I wander my way down, uh, to the, uh, bottom floor and I let either Jay or Eddie in. um, those are trainers and I do a workout with them anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes, Monday through Friday. And uh, they're usually gone by 7.30. Need um, some granola. Uh, and if I've got time to go on a walk, which I love to do, I'll go on a walk. And during an hour walk or so, I'm on the phone most of the time. Um, and uh, just kind of coordinating what's going on. I always have a team meeting uh, on Monday mornings uh, at 8.30 in the morning. And that lasts for either an hour and a half 
about an hour to an hour and a half. And we go through all the closings we have, what we've got going on this week, all the buyers we've got and who's doing what. Uh, talk about marketing. We talk about any new developments we have. We're representing a 22-story, 44-unit building. Um, and, uh, and then we talk about the coastal partners I have to talk about what's going on there and how we all work together. We talk about the wins of the team. We talk about how we can get better. So we do, it's just like a coach. We do that uh, once a week. And then we sometimes have a little mini meeting. Uh, I might have a mini meeting with my Atlanta connection or my coastal connection or the new development side uh, for 30 minutes here or there during the week. We do it on Zoom um, just because anybody can be there. We used to do it all. <laughs> we didn't know what Zoom was, obviously, a couple yeah. years ago, but we but now we do it and it's very, very efficient. So efficient. Um, it's Love so efficient. It. We keep old school kind of Excel spreadsheets that, that I know there's probably a better way to do that, but we've been doing that for a long time of, uh, of our contracts and uh, closings and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that first hour or so of the day, you're taking care of yourself, you're doing your exercise, your mind, clearing your mind. And soon after that, it's getting on the phone, dealing with team or clients or pressing things. And then the day after that, the day sort of starts but those are the first hour or two of the day. Is a lot is yeah. happening there, and, yeah. and uh, do good. you do you try to stick to a schedule, or is it just too difficult? And uh, once your day starts, no, I think when the day starts, it starts. Probably just like you, Danny. I mean, just let it just kind of see see where the day takes you. I usually have a lunch meeting, um, and uh, I try to. Uh, you know, I meet with a lot of our new clients to start. So tell me now that you've built this business and it's churning and growing at such a high level, what are your biggest challenges now? Right now, 2022, with all this going on, what keeps you up at night? What keeps you thinking like, oh, this is, you know, this is a challenge and obstacle? Well, I mean, everybody says inventory. So, uh, but but if you control the inventory, you've got a major advantage over everybody else. And, um, you know, I list and sell more than anybody. So I'm able to, you know, have the opportunity to have my buyers see a lot of the inventory. And I've done a lot of double deals over the last two years, um, which which has been really, really good. It's really hard for an agent that doesn't have any listings. Yeah. You know, that's a buyer's agent. I mean, every every week they're competing with 10 other right. buyer's agents, you know, on one house, you know, and God, I, that, that would be really, really frustrating. Um, so the key is just control and, uh, and, and and having the inventory. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, although it, 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 it's a hard thing to pull off, you know, to get the inventory where everyone would want yeah. to control the inventory. But I think more than not in this day and age that there's more agents that are buyers agents and competing with 10 or 20 offers doing God. what you can uh, to, to get an offer accepted which is, is a challenging game for sure for sure what do you see moving forward for you and your team are you guys looking to expand in other markets looking to expand in the markets you're in what are some of the your objectives going forward looking out the next 12 months or 18 months I think we're going to keep with what we've got, the size. Um, I love our areas. I love what we're doing. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun kind of writing a book, nice. uh, which is, which is kind of neat. And, uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, and, uh, is it about you, your memoir kind of thing or just, oh, you know, no, no, it's just, it's just, it's, it's just about kind of selling strategies and, you know, business book, business book. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'd love to love to read that one. Get some tricks of the trade. <laughs> well, we're, we're having fun doing that. Um, especially for a guy that's dyslexic like I am reading's a challenge. So, uh, it's definitely a, uh, something I never thought that I would do, but it's, it's interesting trying that. Yeah. So tell me if I come to Atlanta, I get on the plane to meet you, where are we going to dinner? What are some hot spots that are good? Yeah. Either we're old we're school, going to school, whatever. Yeah. We're, we're all old school. We're, we're probably going to chops. Chops, uh, Steakhouse. Steakhouse. Yes. Yep. I love steakhouse. There's, there's one down here in Boca. Really? Um, yeah, I guess there's two, there might be more than that, but, um, yeah, so we're, I'm, I'm down here in Boca, as you know, so we've been going to Chops here, and there's one Chops in Atlanta. And I also it. like to go to Bones, which is a, a, another good steakhouse. steakhouse. We'll, treat you, we'll treat you well, Danny. Can't can't miss with the steakhouse. I love me a good steak. Anything else you want to, uh, any anecdotes, anything you want to share with us about Atlanta and uh, real estate or funny stories that you're dealing with or stuff in the past? Now's your time, and then we'll let well, you go for spring break in, in Boca. Um, I'd love to, to hear from y'all. If you like the podcast, you can follow me on my realtor Instagram page, but no Ansley realtor, um, come see me in Atlanta. And, um, thanks Danny for your time. This has been a fun podcast. Yeah. It's been fun to catch up and talk real estate and Hey, hopefully I'll see you in Atlanta soon. And if you're coming to LA, let us know. Great. I'll right, talk to you guys later.